everyone, and welcome to The Darkest Hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. Tonight's episode is pretty special, because tonight is the 100th episode of The Darkest Hour. 100 times is a lot of times to do something, like listening to something a hundred times. Amazing. So please allow me to officially dedicate tonight's episode to you, all of you wonderful people who consistently support the show. You blow me away with your kindness, and because of all of you, I continue to have the best time doing what I do. Thank you, all of you, for sharing your time with me. Okay, now, on to the scary stuff. I've got plenty of stories, so let's get started, shall we? Before I met my coworker, he held some sort of managerial position at a store that sold shoes. For over a year, he received phone calls from a man who claimed to be inquiring about women's shoes. Due to this, he was only interested in speaking to female members of staff. Whenever he was able to speak to a female member of staff, he would ask her about the shoes that she wore and how comfortable they felt. According to my coworker, these calls would take place almost daily. The caller seemed pleased to hear about shoes that were not sold in the store he was allegedly calling to inquire about. Thinking this was strange, my coworker warned another shoe store in the area about the caller. The manager of that store claimed that they had been receiving similar calls. The caller never seemed to actually be interested in buying shoes. My coworker blocked his number on two separate occasions, but he would simply change phone numbers. After having his number blocked for a third time, he began actually entering the store and making women uncomfortable. My coworker banned him from entering the store and accused him of involving unwilling participants in his fetish. The man calmly denied making the phone calls. He also claimed that his interest in shoes was not sexual. He left the store, but ended up returning about a month later. My coworker started shouting at the man, but he allegedly remained eerily calm. The store closed down less than a year later. According to my coworker, a strange car began pulling up outside of his apartment complex and remaining there for hours. He mentioned this to me a few months ago, but I wasn't sure what to make of it. I've experienced stalking, but it's hard to link the mysterious car to the man from the shoe store. Recently, however, I noticed that a strange man always seemed to follow us around during our lunch breaks. He wouldn't say anything. He would only stare at us. After I pointed out his presence, my coworker informed me that he recognized the individual as the shoe-obsessed man who began calling the store years prior. By now, it's been almost two years since my coworker left the shoe store, but I've only known him for a few months. Earlier today, I received a friend request on Facebook from a name I didn't recognize. 
I recognized the profile picture as the man who'd been following us. I rarely use Facebook and have never been Facebook friends with the coworker that that man initially started targeting. That coworker claimed to have deleted his Facebook account upon being made aware that that man was following him again. He suspects that the man used Facebook to track him down at his new job. But he also claimed to be certain that his address wouldn't have been on Facebook. He still remains certain that the car that waits outside his house is the shoe-obsessed stalker. I believe him. I've had two experiences in my life. Most recently, four or five years ago, and another so long ago that I don't remember exactly when. My latest experience was pretty tame. I was hanging out with a few friends in between some buildings, a place where there was storage buildings and a football pitch. That's a pretty old area in my city, mostly populated with old people. When we were getting ready to head out, I look up to one of the storage sheds and I see a pure white, wispy figure with no discernible features, about 160 centimeters tall, kind of hovering five centimeters above the shed's roof. It looked as if it had a cloak over it. It was a solid mass, but at the same time, translucent. After I double-take at it, it faded away rapidly as if taken by the wind. It was late at night, and I might have been high, but weed, not enough to hallucinate such a thing. My other occurrence was when I was a little kid. Might have been six or ten years old, honestly, don't remember. This one is not tame at all, and it was pretty scarring, so much so that I feel obligated to share. I was in my house going from my bedroom to the kitchen to get something. I turn on the light to the hallway, where to my right would be the living room. We had one of those big-ass plasma TVs that weighed a ton. The light in the hallway was just enough to illuminate the living room, to tell pretty confidently what was going on in there. I first hear some scurried steps coming from there. I couldn't tell the source. At this point, I had just taken my first step into the hallway. I hear some giggling. <laughs> I look over and I see a small girl. <laughs> she was looking at me as I had just come into full view of the living room. She had pigtails and was wearing a dress. I think it was black. I just freeze and I stare at her. She now quietly heads over to the TV and hides behind it. When our eye contact stopped, I just ran into my bedroom and hid beneath the covers. I've had minor experiences all my life until the time where I stopped being afraid of the dark. I would hear my name being shouted either on the streets or at home. I would see things move as if there were an air current, like tissues or plants, bedsheets being tugged on, breath on my face while trying to fall asleep. But one day out of nowhere, I stopped being afraid of the dark, not by choice. 
I just woke and I was no longer afraid. When that happened, all the paranormal around me stopped. Except for that first thing I mentioned. I don't really know much about skinwalkers, but I figured here would be the best place to ask about what I saw tonight. I live in the very northern east coast of Canada. Basically, the farthest northeast you could live. I've heard people say that's where certain kinds of creatures live, but as I previously stated, I know absolutely nothing about it. There's an area extremely deep into the woods about 40 minutes away from where I live so deep into the forest that you don't really see anyone else. There's a few smaller stores out that way, but nothing really noteworthy. But if you walk deep into the woods, there's a path that cars can't drive through, where a burnt-up, abandoned slaughterhouse, apparently closed down in the 90s, still sits. Religious, spiritual people I know have said not to go there because it's cursed. And I've had a First Nations friend fill me in on what he knows about the area, which he basically just said he wouldn't go there. Over the weekend, me and a few friends were bored and decided we'd go check it out since we were in the area and extremely bored. Nothing happened. We just took some pictures. It was a bit eerie, but it was whatever. The days after we went to that place have been kind of strange. We've had random, bad, unexplainable events occur out of nowhere, but I'm not really sure I'm going to draw a connection between the two. Just thought it might be worth something. But here's where I think we had an encounter. Tonight we gathered the same group plus two extras, and we drove back out there just to show them around, explore more, and get better pictures. When we got there... We heard what we assumed was just the wind howling, but the longer it went on, we realized the pattern didn't match up with the wind, nor did it make any sense for it to be howling like that. It sounded as if someone was whistling at us to get our attention, and a few people pointed it out, but we just chalked it up to being random sounds, that the wind was probably just blowing through something weirdly. When we were in one of the secondary buildings, a friend pointed out that it looked like something was running around outside the main building. And he was right. It looked like something very quickly moved across the front side of the building. And the sound was back, but louder. We went outside and crawled through a section of the gate to get back to the main building. And as soon as we made it through, we heard a loud swinging sound, almost like a rusty door being slowly opened and closed. Me and another friend were extremely put off by the sound and asked if we could go back to the car. But the others said they wanted to go into the main building. As we were walking up, we made it to the front of the building, and a friend jokingly made a remark about us splitting up and exploring the building. As he said that, we heard a series of loud bangs. Like something was running across the metal floor 
of the building towards the door. We quickly made it out of there, and we ran back toward the trail. As we were running back toward the car, which isn't exactly a short walk, it was ten minutes on foot walking, we shine our lights back towards the building, and only about three of us look back, but all three of us definitely saw what appeared to be something completely solid white running down the trail. We got in the car and drove back to town as quickly as possible. I don't think we'll ever be going back, but what do you guys think? Does this sound like a skinwalker? I'm a single male, 33, who lives alone in Denver. My apartment complex is not what you would call a nice building. I'm on a road close to Colfax Avenue, which, if you're familiar with the geography of this area, is not the safest boulevard in town. I'm a few streets away from it, but close enough that I wouldn't consider this an up-and-coming neighborhood. This evening, I was watching Netflix on my couch. My two cats were cuddled up against me as I lay under a comforter. The night before, I had watched a horror movie that was scary enough to leave me in an unsettled mood, making it hard to sleep. So this night, I decided to watch a stand-up special instead, keeping it light so I wouldn't have trouble getting some shut-eye. I have classes early the next morning, so I was surprised when I made the conscious decision to turn on a second stand-up special and let myself fall asleep on the couch. I was just so comfy where I lay, and I didn't want to move not even to turn off several lights throughout my apartment. I remember dozing off around 11 o'clock. It was effortless, which meant I was really snug under the covers, with my cats flanking me on either end, creating a tucked-in feeling. I fell into a dream, wherein I was on an impromptu date with this guy, whom I didn't recognize, at a blockbuster video store. He bought me blue and yellow underwear, you know, like Blockbuster would sell in Dreamland, insinuating that I would take the hint of his intentions. He was also desperate for a job. So when we got to the counter, he was given an off-the-cuff interview that didn't go well. And all of a sudden, I'm not sleeping anymore. I'm woken up by a knock at my door. Then a man's voice says, Maintenance. I just sat there sitting bolt upright on my couch. I knew something was off. I looked at my phone, which was near my left hand, and the time was 2.15 a.m. I didn't move. The floors in my apartment are old wood, and there are many creaky floorboards. I didn't want whoever was knocking to know that someone was home and awake, let alone alert to his presence. My cats got up and ran over to the door as they normally would, but I stayed still and listened. After a few minutes with no answer, the man walked away from the door and down the hallway to the stairs. A moment after that, I heard the back door to the building swing open and close. I have one window where I have a partial view of that door, so I break my paralysis and race over to it. I saw an old-looking green SUV sitting in the no-parking zone, just in front of the back door. 
It must have been running the entire time because I didn't hear it start up and the brake lights were glowing red. Someone, presumably the maintenance man, got in that car and drove off. I don't know what his intentions were, but no one knocks on someone's door at 2.15 a.m., claiming to work for the landlord with good deeds in mind. Had it been a true emergency, wouldn't he have just knocked again, used his service key to get into the unit? What did I just avoid here? I can only assume that it was an attempted robbery at best or abduction at worst. When I was watching the SUV drive off, I surveyed the other apartment windows. They were all dark. I can see every unit except the two other corner apartments below me from that vantage point. I think because my apartment sticks out from the building and has many windows, I was targeted because my lights were visible, noticeable from the street. However, I don't know how this individual got into the building in the first place, as he'd need a key to do so. I've never been so legitimately afraid as a single person living alone. I'm grateful I installed a security chain on my door when I moved in. I'm also so glad that, even in my disoriented state, I had the presence of mind not to move from the couch or make any noise. As I recount the event, I can't stop my eyes from leaking tears, though I wouldn't call it crying. My nerves are definitely shot. I don't think I'll be going back to dreamland anytime soon. I've turned off all of the lights save the lamp by my bed. I usually can't sleep with it on. Tonight, I don't think I could sleep with it off. To preface, I am 42. I have a master's in history and I'm working towards obtaining my PhD. I feel this must be mentioned in fear that when retelling my experience, my sanity too will be scrutinized alongside the mere validity of my claims. I teach night classes at a community college in the northeastern part of the United States. Outside the corridors that hold my classroom and office, if you'd walk out the front doors, there's a concrete walking path leading down a small hill. It forks at the end, one way leading to the parking lot, and the other continues straight, leading to the track and field a couple hundred yards further. One January evening, I just finished up my papers and walked outside. Looking straight out, past a small patch of trees, I can see the top of the stadium walls common sight in my night-to-night routine. But that night, I immediately noticed a big set of speakers connected to an old, thick, wooden pole. Only assuming that it was wood from the large chips and chunks that decorated its distant figure. These speakers didn't look like the other new stadium speakers visible to the left and right of them. They almost looked like those air raid sirens that they have on the coast, but bigger. I questioned to myself, who approved this new addition? It looks like an eyesore compared to the sound system we installed two years prior. I took out my phone to put my grievance on Snapchat, 
and the app kept closing out. So I went to the main camera on my phone and again, it kept closing out. A minor frustration in the moment, ignored by my idea to take a picture when I arrived the next evening. My what the fuck is this trash Snapchat post would still be funny a day later. I began to walk down the path towards my car when a noise that I thought was a slight ringing isolated just to my ears was in fact coming from outside. It was a low hum, its unsettling vibrations crescendoed up and down, each wave shaking through me. It became headache-inducing. I quickened my pace towards my car and chalked up these sickening sounds to coming from the new speakers. Did someone turn a mic hot and just let it collect echo until it's vibrated itself into this nauseating mess of frequency? Am I the only one out here that can hear this? Why hasn't anyone down there stopped it yet? Arriving at my car, I fumble for the keys and quickly set off the alarm, but get it turned off almost as quickly, with the button on the keys now firmly in my grasp. Once more, I look back out to the speakers, and I realize, within the time of my alarm chirping and me turning it off, the low hum has ceased to be. This is when, without blinking, I watch as the wooden pole slowly turns its speaker bells in my direction. This observation makes my stomach turn more than the previous noise it sang. It was an odd sense of fear, one I don't recall ever feeling before after seeing that. A gentle confirmation of my growing paranoia, like, is something wrong with the situation I'm in right now? Ah, yes. Yes, there is. My right hand grabs the back door of the car as my left hand tries to rip off my backpack from my shoulders. Then I lean to the car to set my backpack down. I lean out and hustle, opening the driver's seat, glancing at the speakers on my way in, but I stop, frozen, halfway in my car and halfway standing out, looking in disbelief as the new speakers are gone. I fully stand up out of my car to inspect the landscape, and truly, mentally, I don't know how to process everything I've witnessed and felt. It brings me to tears, and I drive home, the whole way, terrified to peek in my rearview mirror in fear that I don't know what would be there. This story is as it was. So my sister called my family the other day and told my parents about a strange man that she and her friend came across in Mendocino County, California. They've been there for about a week and were out walking in the redwoods when a man appeared out of practically nowhere and startled them. My sister claimed that he looked completely normal and was even kind of handsome in her opinion but he gave off a creepy vibe pretty quickly. He apparently began asking them weird questions like who they were and what they were doing out in his woods. 
After they explained that they were just out exploring, he quickly got annoyed and said that they were liars. My sister and her friend began to walk away quickly as they assumed he was probably on drugs, but he walked after them and said more weird stuff. She says that he even asked them to kiss each other because he knew they were lesbian lovers. They are not lesbians, by the way. My sister's friend apparently turned around and screamed at him to just leave them alone. My sister said that this is where he got scary as hell. She says that he gave my sister and her friend the most evil, hateful look that she's ever seen in her life. And he said this in response. You two are such disrespectful bitches. I've killed a few of you over the last few years, and I'd love to add you both to my count. My sister and her friend didn't even hesitate and both booked it right after he said that. They heard him chasing after them and screaming at them. My sister says that she couldn't make out much of what he said other than that he would chop them up and a few other threats. They both made it safely out of the woods and they didn't see him anywhere. They got in their car and sped back to the town they were staying in. They called the police to file a report and headed to another area and they'll be heading home soon. I'm scared and pissed off that some creep did this to them. When I was about 10 years old, my family moved to an old house. My bedroom was the largest and I always felt uneasy in it, even in the daytime. I had nightmares about dead people emerging from the walls and the ceiling every night. The house had a funny layout. If you wanted to use the bathroom, you had to go down a dark, narrow hallway and be met at a direct view of the staircase, which led to the front door, which at night looked like a black void. So besides the nightmares and it being a creepy old house, it was fine until it wasn't. We would always lock the doors at night, as one does. One morning, my mother said she heard someone ringing the doorbell at 3 a.m. She checked if maybe the neighbors had an emergency and needed help, but there was nobody at the door. This kept happening for a while. Then one night at about 3 a.m., we all heard the doorbell and went to check it out. The door, locked twice in the evening, was wide open. Nobody at the door. We were all really freaked out. My mother paid for a holy mass to be held in the name of tormented souls the following day. Not sure why that would have helped, but nothing weird happened after that. I came home from work today to receive some very unsettling news from one of my roommates. It started when I went to let the dogs out into the backyard. Our back door is in the kitchen, so on my way to let them out, I passed by the oven and noticed that it was on. It surprised me a bit because my roommate Mandy was the only other person home, and she'd been spending most of her time back in her room due to feeling ill. Even so, 
I figured that I should ask first before turning it off, on the off chance that she was actually using the oven. I went to the end of the hallway where her room was, knocked on her door, and asked, Hey, uh, is the oven supposed to be on? Like, are you using it right now? Confusion and concern was immediately apparent in her voice as she replied, What? No, I haven't even been out in the kitchen today. I shared her confusion and concern upon hearing this, and then I pondered the possibility that Carl, her brother, our other roommate, had been the one to leave it on by mistake. I asked her if this could be the case, and she told me that Carl was still at work, that he had been since early that morning. This was when she and I began to piece together something very strange had to have happened. I told her that I had just gotten home a few minutes prior. It was a little after 3 p.m. at that point, and I'd left the house around 7.30 that morning. She then informed me with horrific realization that at around 11 a.m., she heard noises coming from the living room, including a woman's voice, a chair moving, and the front door opening. She didn't realize at that time I was at work, so she just assumed it was me and didn't think much of it. She then mentioned that in hindsight, though, the dogs were barking an unusual amount during this time. I asked her how long noises were coming from the living room, and she said that it was hard to tell because she was trying to sleep at the time, but that if she had to guess, they lasted about 20 minutes. Mandy, Carl, and I are the only residents of this home, and as mentioned before, Carl and I were both at work during that time frame, so Mandy was the only person who reasonably should have been in the house. I thanked her for informing me of this, and then I went back to the front half of the house and did a quick comb of the area to check for anything else that looked out of place or missing. I didn't discover anything else out of the ordinary, and as of the time of posting this, nothing else has come of it. This happened a few minutes ago. I had just taken out of the oven my freshly baked vanilla cinnamon raisin cakes, and I wanted to snap a photo of them to send to my best friend and to my aunt. My camera had the AI option activated because I forgot to disable it after an outing on Friday night. So as I turned my camera toward the kitchen table, the AI sign showed the food sign for one second. Since I had snapped a picture of the cakes... And then the next second, when facing the kitchen table and kitchen door, it showed the person sign. The person sign appears when the AI features detects a person's presence. The thing is, I was alone. My parents are napping and my sister is in her room studying. My aunt is working at her boyfriend's family's farm to finish before sundown and the rain comes. The house is my mom's and aunt's childhood home. My grandma lived in it from 1983 up to 2017, where she died in her sleep in her room, a.k.a. my parents' current bedroom. All of us have experienced something that might be considered as a presence, either by feeling a hand on our backs, shoulders, or heads, as I've mentioned before in other posts. But never on camera or radio. Although my computer at times opens by itself in the middle of the night 
or day when it's in sleep mode, but I don't think that has anything to do with a ghost. I found it odd that the person sign remained for a moment when I placed the camera in the same spot again. The second after I realized what had happened, it showed nothing. If there's a ghost after all, I think it's either my grandma or my grandpa, or both of them, keeping an eye on us. Maybe they, she, he, wanted to see how the cakes turned out. I'm not sure if this belongs in this sub or where I should post it. Just looking for some guidance because I'm not sure what's going on. I live in the suburbs of Arizona, right by a mountain preserve. There's plenty of washes around. We get coyotes, bobcats, raccoons, the usual. We've got plenty of chickens and five dogs. One wolf dog, one big male Akita, and three Anatolian shepherds. Two are male puppies, though. The dogs are inside dogs, but we let them into the yard and they have free roam. We have a six-foot wall around our yard. We have neighbors on all three sides of the wall. One of the houses to the side is vacant, and the other one directly behind us, the owner hasn't been home for about a month. On both sides of his house is a wash. About a week ago at dusk, my sister had called for all the dogs to come inside. She saw one of the pups walking away from her and into some bushes out of sight and called to it. I asked her what she was calling to, and she said, the pup. I said, no, he's right here, which he was. All the dogs were accounted for. We just brushed it off as a strange thing, but didn't think much of it. Last night, around 12.30 at night, my father and I are awake in the family room. We hear a large bang from outside, which sounds like a trash can lid closing. So we send out the Akita, and we grab lights and head outside. We check the trash cans. Nothing is disturbed as far as we can tell. I notice my sister has come to the door because she heard the bang too. I head back in to talk to her when my dad pops his head in and asks if we let the puppies out. We say no, and he gets mad and responds that he's right there outside. The Akita we let outside is standing next to my father. The other four dogs are laying right inside. We watch as what is not our pup, but looks like his backside, walks behind our greenhouse and out of sight. The same dog that my sister had seen the other day. Same size, same color, same curly tail, both times, we only saw its backside. There's no chance this breed is running wild in Arizona. That pup has also recently got a scar across his muzzle, but we thought it was from the other dogs picking on him more than usual lately. He's also the only dog that barks at his reflection at night in the windows. Our dogs usually run around the yard day or night playing. The past few days... They've been hanging around the door while they go outside, or around us when we go outside. They've been uncomfortable recently, which is weird for them. The five together in the yard fear nothing. The smallest are literally the two male puppies weighing 70 pounds each. 
what we saw looked exactly like him. At least what we saw, which was his backside. We didn't follow because of everything I've read on these subs that says not to. And not knowing what it was, I wasn't about to take a chance without some guidance. There's no chance that this is a wild dog hopping our six-foot fence. There are no wild Anatolian shepherds in the area. It's more of a rare breed. Any thoughts on what it could be or what it wants? Also, side note, we usually don't hear other dogs barking at night. We've heard more than ever recently, but only on the days that we've not seen the dog. So, some updates on this one. From dusk to dawn, one of us goes out and walks with the dogs. We also bought a new, stronger flashlight that lights up the area pretty nicely. We have cut or cleaned up a lot of the brush, so there's less hiding spots. However, when we walk the dogs at night, they do their business and head back to the door, even before we do. I've never known them to not want to be outside. I haven't seen anything since the two sightings, although it's only been a few days. We have heard on two different nights a large pack of coyotes in the neighborhood. We even heard that they got two of our neighbor's dogs. And when I say here, I mean it's 1 a.m. and we hear the howling and fighting and the losing side. The coyotes are not the ones making the dogs uncomfortable. We had one jump the wall in the past and all of our dogs went after it. It couldn't get back over fast enough. So, still concerned because... They aren't comfortable again, or yet, and I'm not sure why. I'll update again if we see anything else. everyone, thank you again for joining me for the 100th episode of The Darkest Hour. And it doesn't stop there. Join me every Friday night for a brand new one. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to The Darkest Hour, and tap the bell so you don't miss a thing. All of these things really help the channel, and I appreciate it. Do you have stories like these? I'd love to share them. Send them to me. Amanda, darkest hour at gmail.com. Also, if you want to support the channel in other ways, check out the link in the description to become a patron. You could be like Miss Anthropia or Rat Girl or Alicia. Have your name displayed right here, cool things sent to you, and early access to videos. There's more, so check out the link. Stay spooky.